Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We're finally wrapping up our NFL Combine coverage. Joe DeLeon, Ryan Roberts here on the NFL Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. It's been a bit of a long weekend, a long week for Ryan, who is in Indianapolis. A lot of coverage to get to. We're going to be talking about offensive linemen and running backs to round out this last show. Probably going to be one of the shorter shows of the cycle of this, this, this long weekend because we only really had two position groups Ryan, I want to start off, though, and it was something that we were, we were trying to figure out who to talk about amongst the offensive linemen. And I feel like it's one of the few years where we can put together a list of like 10 guys. And there weren't that many offensive linemen compared to other position groups. There were like 10 guys that I thought tested well, looked really good in the drills. It feels strange saying that. Now, I think that a reason for that is that this tackle class actually has some decent depth. I think it's got some decent talent at the top. It's deeper at the top than I think some people are willing to give it credit for. There is a bit of a a cascade, if you will, of where the talent does start to drop off toward toward day three. But I think there's some sneaky good guys that showed up today that we're going to end up talking about here. Well, Joe, Joe, I think I've been pretty consistent with this since the summer. There's not really, in my opinion, a a true top 10 player in the offensive tackle group, you know, like there's guys that are going to go that high, but I wouldn't grade them out that way. But what you have here is especially at offensive tackle. There's a lot of tools to work with, man. I mean, we can go from day one to day two to day three to priority free agency territory. We can find traits to work with. Like it's a very gifted offensive line group. I don't think it's incredibly refined all the way around, especially near the top. Like I I don't think it's incredibly refined. (laughs) But, I mean, we're going to be talking about a lot of dudes that absolutely lit it up from an RAS perspective, from a you know testing perspective just in general, like guys that really put their best foot forward and tested as great athletes, which you know they are. And I know that a lot of offensive line coaches in this class, specifically at offensive tackle, they're going to look at this class and say, yeah, there's not a lot of finished products. There's not a lot of guys that are near their ceiling, but I can get the most out of that guy, right? Like, why wouldn't mm-hmm. I want to work with Parrish Johnson, for instance, right? Like, why would I not want to work with Blake Freeland? Like, there's so many great, ta- great talents in this class that I think a lot of people are going to be excited about. I also feel like most draft classes, once we get into the second round, it's really hit or miss. And very rarely do guys drafted in the second round typically pan out. But I, again, I think that this is going to be one of those classes where we're going to have a Matt Bergeron, we're going to have an Osiris Torrance. We're going to have a, a, a Steve Avila, who I like, who I don't think you like as much, or even a Blake Freeland, who could end up being long-term starters in the NFL. The the one guy, Ryan, that's getting a lot of varying conversations is Peter Skaronsky, and I want to talk about him first because physically he shows up with everything you're looking for, except for one thing. Six foot four, he's 313. He's got 32 and a quarter inch arms. That's where the red flag is. He still runs a 5.16, which is a good time. He has a 34 and a half inch vertical, which is a good vertical, and then nine foot seven inch broad, which is a good number for the broad. So this is an explosive guy. We knew that this guy had power and he's an explosive player. We also knew that he moved really well. We saw him put that on 
display. I mean, my man put on a clinic with the way that he was moving during these drills. Yeah. Here's where I stand on this. And I, I think that I'm a little bit – I agree with you, but not as much, I think, as, as where you stand. Okay. I'm willing to test Skaronsky a tackle, but I at the very least believe that he is an all-pro guard. And I oh. said that in the summer – that if he doesn't work at tackle, he's going to be a elite guard. But I'm very wary of putting him at tackle. I'm very wary of it because that length stuff sometimes shows up on tape, and now we have a number to go beside it. Yeah. I, look, I mean, half of what you just said, I think we actually agree with 100%. Like, I literally yeah. put in a tweet today that, I mean, yeah, he has a great baseline because he could be a really good guard at the next level. Like, at worst, I mean, he could even play center, right? Like, he could play yeah. both guard spots. He could play center. I think he could play both tackles as well. Joe, I'm just th- – this is a nuanced conversation because you mentioned the arm length. But the one interesting thing is that he has broad shoulders. So he actually came in with right around an 80-inch wingspan. So he doesn't have like terrible length from a full radius perspective, right? Like right. He's, he's on par with the Matt Bergerons of the world when it comes to wingspan, right? So I, I think that the the arm length in a vacuum worries me. But when you kind of put the full context of, but the fact that he has broad shoulders, he actually has a little more range than maybe you would just anticipate by 32 and an eighth inch arm or 32 and a quarter, whatever the heck it ended up being. And the one thing that has me betting on him outside of him just being a really nice, technically sound football player is you hear me talk about this all the time, Joe, when someone lacks in a certain area, what do they need? What do they need? Overcompensating traits, man, overcompensating traits. And what did the testing show us today? Tessa showed us that he has really nice foot quickness and he's got some explosiveness to him. That's that's what he has. So, yeah, he might not have the arm length that you would want ideally, but I just think that there was just so much good film there, man. And he's playing mm-hmm. against the Ohio States of the world. He's playing against the Michigans. He's going against these long athletic pass rushers that are going to play in the NFL. I mean, I, I remember the 2021 film that I thought was his best all year was against Michigan. He had a great outing against Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo and those types of dudes who are legit NFL rushers. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson just just had nine and a half sacks as a rookie. Like, he's a good football player, right? So I look at Skaronsky and I say, I, I understand it. And typically, I and you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty – I'm a big traditionalist with arm length for the most part. You know, like yeah. I look for that measurable. But for me, I look at him and I say, yes, he doesn't have great length from an arm length perspective – but he's got other overcompensating traits, the technical side of the game, the range that he has from a foot quickness perspective. I think he's a tackle. I think he's a tackle. And if I'm drafting him in the top 10, someone said this on Twitter, I agree completely on it. If you're drafting him in the top 10, you're drafting him to play tackle, man. You're not drafting him to play guard. If you think he's just a guard, you're drafting him more in the Zach Martin range of number 16 overall, right? Like that's kind of my thing is that I I think he's a tackle. I just really do. Well, Quentin – the only thing that I get, because I agree with all that, I just get slightly hung up on pointing to like Quentin Nelson as an example, who he's a big, he's a big guy. He was 6'5 and, and change or whatever he was, yep. did not have the arm length, and he's an all-pro guard. He's the best guard in the NFL right now. And he was drafted in the top 10. So like that's where I kind of get mixed up where I don't I don't know if, if I draft him in the top 10, I need to put him at tackle. That's where like I'm coming from, and I you're, think that's the but you're small talking about five percent we disagree on. But you're talking about Quentin Nelson, who was a generational guard. Like he was the best guard yes. we've seen come out in fifteen years, twenty years. Yeah. Like it's been a long time, man. 
you, if, you, if you're drafting Skaronsky to play guard, it's still a little bit of a projection because he's never played guard before, right? Like it's a Zach Martin true. thing. That's that, true. That's why Zach Martin went 16th overall. It was because you thought Zach Martin could be a really good guard, but you never seen it. He was a four-year starter at left tackle at Notre Dame. Like it was a little bit of a projection. I just think that for me, like Skaronsky does enough outside of the arm length where I'm like, that's a tackle, man. And yeah, if it doesn't pan out, He's a really good guard, though. Like, there, there's a baseline there, but I just – I feel like I'm going to miss on him if I say that he's just a guard. I feel like I'm going to miss. So I'm going to keep it open. I'm going to keep the option open. If he goes to a New England-esque type of scheme that says, like, we don't care about length as much, right? We don't care about the height attributes as much. We just care about good football players. I really think Skaronzi could be a good one at offensive tackle. And maybe that is – the Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe that's where he ends up, which is a, to your pointer, a New England-esque scheme, quite literally with Josh McDaniels being the head coach there. And they certainly need offensive tackles in LA. Oh my God, they need it bad. (laughs) They need it bad. And there are still other options. I see this other clump grouping of guys that are going to be scattered throughout the first round and early in the second, who I noticed really good performances from. So Broderick Jones from Georgia, who... I just finished grading before the combine. Uh, I saw everything in the workout that I saw on tape. Little green needs to improve a little bit more. I think needs to add a little bit more weight to his upper body. You but know, at six foot five. You know what's the gra- the craziest part about him, Joe? And you saw it. You yes. see it on film. You saw it when he tests. He always keeps that base, man. Like he's got that wide yes. base. Like, yes, he looks like a guard, but then he has good foot quickness and stuff. You're like, all right, maybe he can play tackle, right? And, and then he runs like four nine, whatever in the forty. You're just like, hey, he's a good athlete, but he just kind of plays the position like a guard, which is just kind of interesting. Just a little bit for me. That that is that's a funny way to look at it. But the base thing to me is what I loved. It's six foot five, three eleven, thirty four and three quarter inch arms. So stupid length, four nine seven, thirty inch vertical, nine foot broad. Very, very easy mover. Matt Bergeron doesn't run his 40. I'd put him in this grouping as well at six foot five, 318, 33 and three quarter inch arms, 30 inch vertical, and then eight foot, seven inch broad. The last one here that I think also fits this grouping, who I think is probably going to go the first amongst this, this clump, is Paris Johnson, who at six, six, 36 and an eighth inch arms. My God, at 313, doesn't really do any of the other testing, but very light. The only thing that bugged me about Paris Johnson is how narrow his base was on a lot of the drills. I didn't feel like I was getting him kicking and stepping and planting as much as I felt like he was shuffling. And I didn't like that. That bugged yeah. me a little bit, but he's very light on his feet. So I'm not that worried about it because I know at the very least you can clean up those steps because he's making a transition. He's transitioning to tackle right now. Joe, in the history of the combine, there has been five players that have had 36 plus inch arms. Okay. Five football players. Two okay. of them played offensive tackle for Ohio State this past year. <laughs> Just wild, man. Uh, Joe, I mean, honestly, if, if you're asking me, who am I betting on to be the best tackle this year in the 2023 NFL draft? It's Paris Johnson, man. It is. Like that kid's a. Kid's a freak show, man. I mean, that, I mean, mm-hmm. there's the best way to put it. Like, I didn't need him to run a 40 to know that he's a freak show because you saw him move in space. You saw him go through the drills. And you're just like, that kid is one, just a massive human being, right? Like 6'6", 320, whatever the heck he was, you know, kind of weighing in. But those 36 plus inch arms, that kid just has a frame where you're like, that kid could put on another 15, 20 pounds and still hold it easily because he's just got that type of just big frame, you know? Like, he's just a, he's just, massive everywhere there 
And then you see him move and you're like, it, it just looks so natural for him. You know, it looks, he looks like he's been he's playing. like a basketball player. Yeah. It's kind of the way he moves. He does look like a basketball player. You're not wrong there, man. Like he's just got really quick feet. He's very coordinated, which is very important at the offensive tackle position. He looks really good. I would say the most impressive part about Matthew Bergeron is kind of the same thing though, is that he looks so coordinated as a player, right? Like when he was going through mm. those drills, he looks so balanced. He doesn't ever look like he's false stepping. It doesn't look like he's off balance at all times. Like he just looks so controlled as an athlete, which is just really, really impressive, man. So th- this group of, you know, I mean, Paris Johnson's a first tier offensive tackle in 2023, right? But the second tier guys of the Broderick Joneses, of the Matthew Bergerons, there's a lot of tools to work with, man. Like no exaggeration. If I was a team late first round or maybe even mid first round into the second round, I would be chomping at the bit to work with some of these offensive tackles, man, because it, it's it's pretty deep, man. I mean, there's going to be some people's lists, I'm sure, that don't even have Matthew Berger on as a top five offensive tackle, right? And there's, there's just going to be some. It, it, and it's not that I'm disagreeing with that take too much. It's just that there is some depth here, man. Like there's a lot of dudes to work with and – you know, I think it's just a testament to the overall talent of the group. But, I mean, Bergeron, again, like just moving, being able to shuffle and backpedal and do a lot of type of stuff. Like he's just such a natural, man. There's just a lot of coordination and a lot of, a lot of balance in this group overall. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make – watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'em. It is so easy to play. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple. With their easy-to-use website and mobile apps, pick between two and five players to fill out your Pick'em slip get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, HACK, like the name of this channel. Use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, which has all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially again during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's betonline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. We, we have to give a quick shout out to Blake Freeland, who did come on the show. So go check out that really old episode that we had with him. Uh, six foot eight, 302 pounds, 33 and seven eighth inch arms, which is kind of weird. He's so freaking tall, but he's got for proportionally kind of has T-Rex arms, but still T-Rex good arms? Still has got 34. Right. I'm talking, I'm talking about proportionally. Uh-huh. Like for a guy who's six eight, you'd think he'd have 37, 36 sure. inch arms, but he doesn't. Sure. Uh, 498 in the 40, which is stupid. 37-inch vertical, which is stupid, stupid. And then 10-foot broad, which is dumb, stupid. So this is an explosive athlete, played other positions. The only thing that bugs me with Blake Freeland is everything that I've said about the guy on tape is that he's too damn high, and I I don't see a guy that can sink into his hips very well. Yeah, I'm still hung up on him, and I think that's going to probably 
keep him at, out, out of the top 10 or maybe at the very end of my top 10 tackles. Um, but there's a lot to work with, you know, take him somewhere on day three. And yep. if he's a backup, he's a backup. And Ooh, if day three, really? To, day three, you think, huh? huh? Early day three. If you can get him to work on his hip flexibility and get him to sink into his hips a little bit more, I just think it's it's so easy to say Blake Freeland is going to be good because he's tall. He's got the length. He moves so well. But then I always get with these these tall, long guys, and I, I've seen it from college to, to seeing these prospects where if they can't get they can't get low, they can't get low, and you're going to get beat. That's where I'm getting a little hung up. Well, with some power rushers at times, yeah. I mean, the, the counteracting power is the biggest question mark that you have with Blake because he just doesn't have – I mean, he's 6'8". You said it already, right? Like he's a high-cut kid too. Like he's got high hips. He's just not a guy that's comfortable bending a ton. But mm-hmm. Joe – and we talked about this before, you know, about his athletic background. I mean, this kid was an all-state javelin thrower, 180-plus feet. He was an all-state discus thrower. Like, he is a freak show of an athlete. Came as a tight end recruit to BYU, was only 260 pounds, has obviously grown into that frame over the last few years. I just want to buy into him so bad, Joe. I really do. I think he's a late day two player for me. Like, I would draft him in the third round. Really? I would because I think he's got so much developmental potential, man. I still think there's a lot of Colton Miller there. I really, I mean, we're not talking about a good athlete. We're not talking about a great athlete. He tested as a historical athlete, Joe. Historical, uh, and he has a lot, I, a lot of good tape at BYU in pass protection. Run game needs to improve. There's no doubt. Yeah, but there's been a couple guys that I can look at and say they had similar issues, and they were able to overcompensate in other areas and be really good players. Like Colton Miller is the guy that I've compared him to a ton. Colton Miller coming to UCLA was six, seven and a half, had trouble bending, but he was a great athlete. So you're like, he could probably figure it well, out. Col- another guy, another guy, Joe. Colton Miller went in the first round though. I, oh, I no, don't- I'm, not, I'm not saying to take Blake Freeland in the first round. Blake did not yeah. take the st- enough of a step this year for me to get comfortable in the first round. We talked about that okay. in the summer. I thought he could make that jump. He didn't make that jump. It was still good film. Wasn't great film though. Wasn't great in 2022. But I think that he has similar traits to a Colton Miller. And I also would say this is the the it was the Oakland Raiders that drafted Colton Miller in the first round. Not any uh, no other team was going to draft Colton Miller in the first round. But it happened for them that mm-hmm. it so happened that Colton Miller ends up being a good football player. He's a good left tackle in the NFL. The other guy I've seen him compared to, which I think is really interesting, guy that you know, and your effort, your your I know your reaction is going to be like, oh, this guy. Nate Solder is a guy that there is oh. some comparison there. Because I know in the Giants, he wasn't very good. But when he was on the Patriots, he was an excellent left tackle. Very good left tackle. And there's just – but he had the same thing, man. He was like 6'8", long, had trouble bending. But foot quickness, athleticism. Those I feel like he was deceptively good. And, and that was kind of the issue when he was with the Giants is that he was so high that he always had bad leverage and then he would get beat. And that was why I, it was so frustrating to watch him as a player. I, I just – I get so wary with that stuff, man. I just I, – I think if you can't sink, you can't sink. Some guys just are not – it's not like he's un, he's not a fluid athlete. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just if you can't get into your hips and you're bending at your hips instead of sinking into them as an offensive lineman, I get so hung up on that. I can't explain – actually, I can explain it. If you can't get low, you can't get low. Low man wins. You just need to uh, just need to do, he needs to do some more yoga, man. That's all. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> but Joe, honestly, I, mean, I think Joe, I'd send him to do that seriously. Joe, at, at the end of the day, though, man, we have seen great. 
why, why do where, why do we talk about relative athletic score and that type of stuff all the time, right? The testing. It's because usually the really good athletes find a way. <laughs> like usually that happens, man. There are so, obviously some combine freaks where you're like, you know, that, that guy is just looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. That happens all the time. But Blake Freeland did have some good film at BYU. It wasn't yeah. like he sucked and then yeah. he just came to the combine. And it's like, oh man, what an athlete, right? Like that's that's not what happened here. So I I think there's developmental potential there. I really do. Uh, I want to give some acknowledgement to some interior guys really quickly that I thought did well and tested well. Uh, Steve Avila, I know that you're not the big, as big of a fan of him, but dude, his feet are just so powerful. I, I watching him move back and forth at at six three three thirty two. Man, I think that he's a good good strong kid. And five two one's deceptively good number for for his forty time. I think I would have assumed he was going to be slow as all hell, but he ends up moving well. Cyrus Torrance, six five. Uh, 33 and 78 inch arms, 330 pounds, 531 in the 40. Uh, I think that both those guys, really powerful players. The one I want to talk about to just wrap up the offensive lineman, though, and you were tweeting about it, and we're in the same camp. Ricky Stromberg, the good player for man. Ricky Stromberg does not make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. He's six foot three, 306 pounds, 33 and a quarter inch arms. So he's got better length than I thought actually he would have. 5'2'6", 32.5-inch vertical, 9'3 on the broad. And you know what? Watching him on these, these pole drills, watching these uh, on the screen drill that he did, him moving downfield is so natural. And that was what you got from him on tape is that in a zone scheme, he is going to transition and move so freaking easily. I just – we're overthinking him, man. We got to stop overthinking Ricky Stromberg. He's a four-year starter. Or, or is he a four-year starter? Four-year starter, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Four-year starter. Well, th- stop three, and a half, three and a half, but yeah, yeah, still the same. Yep. But uh, we got to stop our overthinking him, man. It's it's ridiculous at this point. I, I don't get this one, Joe. Like I've talked to a lot of people about this. I haven't found one person that I've talked to that's like, eh, I didn't really like him that much. I'm just like everyone I talked to that has watched Ricky Stromberg likes Ricky Stromberg. <laughs> like I just I I'm confused on it, man, because he weighed in good. Like he's got good size, length is fine. Like you know, cool. Checks all that boxes. He's a good athlete. We obviously saw that today. He had good film. Played in the SEC. Multi year starter. I. I'm just confused on it, man. I'm, I'm very confused on it. I mean, I actually did get a tip. I, I forgot to tell you this one, but uh, Ricky's dad actually messaged me because he knows I'm a fan of Ricky, and he told me that he was going to test really well. Like like two weeks ago, he was like, yeah, Ricky's going to open some eyes. Like, yeah. That's great. And, and he did, man. He looked really good. And then the best part, though, is that, yeah, he, you know, he ran a solid 40, and he did some good stuff with the jumps and all that great stuff. But in the field drills – shined man he's just really he's a really efficient athlete he has good flexibility for an interior offensive lineman good foot quickness and i think he's got i think he's got power through his hips and i think it's still developing i think he's got more room to grow there as well i i think he's a starting caliber center at the next level and i've heard that the kind of the the latest you know when i talked to ricky's dad a couple weeks ago was people they were here in like early day three like round four-ish type of what yeah like round four-ish type of but they had kind of through the grapevine if he had a good combine and stuff and a good East West Shrine game, he was probably going to be more in like the third round type of conversation. So I think he's a late day two player, but man, I think he's a starting center no matter where he goes. 
I, look, I like John Michael Schmitz, and I'm also a big fan of Luke Whipler and Joe Tipman. I love all of those guys. But I think Ricky Stromberg takes the, the positives of John Michael Schmitz, which is the experience and yeah. the awareness, and he takes the positives of Tipman and Whipler of athleticism movement and movement skills and, yeah. and strength. I, I don't I, – it doesn't make any – he's Creed Humphrey. You said that already on this show. He is Creed Humphrey. Plain and simple. Yeah. I, I just I, – I think that there's – you know, maybe he's not the flashiest player on film. So, like, some people underrate him a little bit. But he's just so efficient, man. And he just is such an all-around good football player. Like, there's not many holes in Ricky Strawberg's game. Like, he's just – you're like, okay, pass, bro. He's good at that. Run game. He's mm. good at that. Plays with good leverage. Cool. Moves to the second level well. Has a power profile. Like, what about – I just don't know what I'm missing. Like, I just think that he kind of yeah. checks a lot of boxes. Maybe he isn't elite in any area, but he's good in a lot. I, I also think, too, and just to round out the point on him, I also think he's got pretty good displacement power. Like, I think out of uh, most guys, I think he's up there at the top of the centers. I think he's got really good displacement power, which is – Un- important and underrated. I don't understand why right. more people aren't excited about stuff like that. So, someone, I forget who it was, but there was someone on Twitter that I respect, but I can't remember who it was. I just remember remember this clip coming up where it was the Texas game. And by the way, if anybody wants to know why I'm so big fan of Ricky Stromberg, go to the Texas game this year. Like that's one of his better games. Yeah, the he, Alabama game too. Very yeah. good game against Alabama. And he took the nose tackle from Texas that was here this week. 99, I forget his name, the 6'2", 330-pound kid. Um mm-hmm. whatever, it doesn't matter. Joe, he was in a he was in a zero on him, right? Head up on the center, and he took my guy and he obliterated him, drove him about six yards back and planted him in the ground, man. Forklifted his ass. Is that what you're telling me? Dude, he put him in, he put him in a casket, man. Like it was really bad. I'm trying to find, it's going to bug me because I know his name. He actually had a decent combine. Oh, Keandre Coburn. uh, He's six, one and a half, 332 pounds. And he literally put my guy in a grave on that play. Like it was just fantastic. That is Fantastic. A guy on Texas, though, that was not getting his ass kicked, who was a monster at the combine. Bijan Robinson, to, to start off our conversation of the running backs, we've got four guys that I think I want to get to here. Yep. Bijan, without a doubt, we have to discuss. And 5'11, 215, 446 in the 40, which is not Saquon time, but that's still very freaking fast. 37 inch vertical, 10 foot four on the broad. Yep. Plain and simple, like I don't think there's anything overcomplicated to evaluate with Bijan. Man, he looked the most natural, explosive. This is a top ten back. This is a guy who's going to be a top five back in the NFL the minute he steps on the field. Plain and simple, Joe. He's. Let me choose my words carefully here because I know people like to misconstrued and they like to put words in mouths. He's the best football player in the 2023 class regardless of position. And again, I'm not putting positional value because obviously I'm not trying to run it back over a really good quarterback, for instance, right? Like I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. But man, like what's the hole in his game? Tell me what the There's hole is. Not. I want to hear the there were There were guys tripping over the bags during these drills and just looked really clunky as all hell. But Bijan, man, just like to your point, I didn't see a bad rep once catching yeah. the football, Moving over these bags, reading the those various holes where they had to read and then cut and then get upfield. Yeah. There was no adjustment in terms of like having to accelerate, none of that stuff. He is like your point. There are no holes. 
It really is. I don't I, think anyone's overthinking him, though. Yeah, no one is overthinking him. I think the, the, the battle that people are having, though, is how high am I going to draft a running back, right? Like, that's the conversation that people yeah. are having. At 215 pounds, I think he has good vision. I don't think he has great vision, but it's good. It's not a detriment in any way. The kid's explosive. The kid's powerful. And by the way, did you see him in the pass catching drills, man? Where he was, he ran, they ran like a Texas route and he stuck his foot in the ground, and accelerated out of it. It's just oh rare, God. man. It's rare. Like, he's just good at everything. He really is just good at everything. Jameer Gibbs also looked goofy in those pass catching drills. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is also going to be problematic in the NFL for different reasons. He is, this is Alvin Kamara. This is Jamal Charles, as you yep. said, 5'9, 199. He runs a 436. And then a 33 and a half inch vertical explosive. So explosive. I love Jameer Gibbs, man. And I, I saw everything that I knew flexible, easy, fluid athlete. He just moves like it's nothing, man. He, he's a, he's a special athlete, man. He really is. I mean, I, Joe, I literally posted a thing where I was talking about him in, in August of 2021, man, talking about him already. Because I remember – I think they had an offensive tackle that year that was a Vanderbilt transfer. I, for, I forget his name. But he was playing left tackle. I'm just like, who the heck is this kid at running back, man? He was like a freshman or a sophomore at that point. You're just like, what? I guess he was a freshman at that point. You're just like, what the heck is this? Like, what am I looking at right now? <laughs> how did he end up there? Exactly. Like, And then you look and you're like, he was a top 100 recruit. Like, literally, how did he end up here? I don't know why he went to Georgia Tech. I know he's a Georgia kid, but like, why would you go to Tech? But he ends up obviously at Alabama, man. And it, you see the dynamic element that he has. And whether you want to compare him to Alvin Kamara or, or Jamal Charles or whatever, all I know is this kid is lightning in a bottle. And, I mean, in comparison, Jamal Charles ran 4 and he's been – Jamal Charles is one of the better home run hitters that we've seen at running back in the last 10 years, right? Mm. He ran faster than him. <laughs> Jameer ran faster. 4-3-6, man. Kid is going to be an absolute weapon on the next level. The question that people are going to have, and it's a fair one, is is this an every down running back? Can he, car- can he carry a full load as an every down runner? Can he do that? It's a fair question. It's fair because he's a little smaller, I, right? It's, it's I don't know if you really need him to, though. Like, I don't know if I you need, don't need him, him to. to. I, you don't need him I to. I don't want him to be a 300 carry guy. I want him to be my primary back, and then I rotate somebody else that's a little bit thicker, like a Zach Charbonnet. Obviously, they're not going to be on the same team, but I, I see him as the secondary, not as, as the primary punch to a good duo. Yeah. That's what I see Jameer Gibbs. I see 250 touches, not carries. That's what I want from Jameer. Yeah. And, and he's just, man. He might be the most fun film I've watched this cycle. Of That's why I back. like him so much. I mean, I mean, Joe, he does some unnatural stuff, man. I mean, he averaged over 12 yards a catch in his career, which is just a wild number for a running back. So, you know, running option routes, running wheel routes, running routes out of the slots, running inside zone, running outside zone. This kid's a home run waiting to happen, man. Get this kid in space, manufacture some space, and just let him go. Because the rarest thing that we saw, and and you know the forty times great, and that's all well and good and, and expected, right? I thought he was going to run four four flat, give or take two tenths of a second, two hundredths of a second. Excuse me. Obviously, he runs a little better than even I thought he would. Would, but ultimately, what makes him so special though is that when you saw him in the drills, he changes direction and doesn't mm. he, he doesn't have to slow down, man. He accelerates in and out of every cut he makes. That that's what makes him special in the open field. The fact that he could change direction with such incredible pace, man. There's some fast guys. 
that really have to motor down to kind of change direction and do that type like of stuff. Like chain. Yeah. He does not – Jameer Gibbs doesn't have to slow down, man. Like he doesn't he doesn't lose any RPMs while he's trying to ter- change one direction or the other. He's just special athlete in space, man. Special athlete. Two last quick nods before we wrap here. Deuce Vaughn doesn't really do the t- – he doesn't run a 40, so we don't have a 40 for him. Uh, Mighty Mouse, Short King Deuce Vaughn. Flew during the drills. We saw similar, similar, similar things to Jameer Gibbs, where he doesn't have to really shift down, and he's just a very easy cutter, very easy mover. I I saw really good hands from him. Yep. I'm still on the Ty J Spears train, man. I do not. I feel very confident after the way that he looked, putting him in my top five. The way that he stacked up against some of these other clunky dudes who were <laughs> struggling during these drills at five foot ten, two hundred one, ten inch hands. By the way, which is a good Spears number. Did? I like Spears it. the ten inch hands. 10 inch hands, man. He's got some mitts on him. He can he can catch the ball really well for a reason. 39 inch vert, 10 foot five on the broad. That explosive numbers are fantastic. I wonder what his 40 is, and I guess we'll see at his pro day. It's probably four five, I, flat, yeah. four five two, something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, but he is the epitome of consistency in my eyes. Just a simple, easy, easy mover. And again, I, I thought that he stood out amongst these group of guys, and I feel very comfortable putting him in that top five. Yeah. I mean, Spears has really, he's had one of the best draft processes of anyone so far this cycle, man. He really has. I mean, he has gone from, you know, fun player at Tulane, great story on a, on a really good team this past year to turning into legitimate NFL prospect at the running back position. I think the, the things that we harp on, what gives him such a nice baseline is that, yeah, maybe he isn't a 250 plus carry a year guy, but he's going to be a guy that can affect the game in space, right? Whether it is as a runner in the passing game, he has that baseline, which is exciting. Deuce Vaughn, Joe, Chris Deuce Vaughn. I, I struggle with this stuff sometimes, right? Because I am a traditionalist. I do think that thresholds are important from a size perspective. I do. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn is one that I'm just throwing it out the window, man. I'm saying, like, I don't care. Like, that film is just too good for me to say, like, but he's 5'5". Sure. He's 5'5". He's also not going to be a 250-plus carry a year guy. But that kid's lightning in a bottle, man. He's going to be a good NFL player. Whatever role that ends up being, we'll see as far as what the fit is, who drafts him, all that great stuff. But this kid is going to be a dynamic weapon in a role in the NFL. Like, there's no doubt, man. He's just too athletic. He's too fluid. He's too instinctive. There's there's special there, man. I really think he's special. This is cliche, but I bet he's a Denver Bronco. Putting that into the Lindsay Lindsay type of thing. No, 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 no. I'm saying he's oh with Sean Payton for Sean Payton, man. I I think that that's that's where he's going to land. I I really believe that. I'm willing to bet, and I'm hoping that that Sean Payton is thinking to himself, like, what are the odds the ne- the second team that I end up taking over, there is a Kansas State running back that is tiny and that is uh, a problem if we put him in space. I, I think you draft him in the third round and you get yourself a really nice added weapon to the mold. You, you know what I think is going to happen, Joe, actually, is that you know the the, char- the Chargers are going to draft him, and then Sean Payton's going to sign him as a free agent after he plays with the Chargers for a couple years. Because that would actually be the that would actually be the Darren Sproles trajectory, right? That would be the Darren Sproles trajectory. But to your point, man, hope he gets with creative offensive coordinator. I really hope yep. so because this kid can affect the screen game. 
He could run some stuff out of the slot. He could be a running back, obviously. I would love to see him as a punt returner. I would love to see it. I think that he is an all-around weapon. You just have to understand that there is going to be some limitations with him just from the size perspective, but there's no limitation to the to the impact that he can have as a football player, man. He's special in that regard. Good note to wrap us up on at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft. We'll be back during the week for more NFL draft coverage. Hopefully you enjoyed our combine recaps. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.